Dude, I was walking the other morning. I was walking the other morning. And there was on the side of the road, like it was grass, but then there was like a big pile of a substance that I didn't know what it was. And it reminded me of dinosaur poop. Yummy. Because it was just a big mound. Yeah. And for a minute I thought, how scary would it be if dinosaurs were real? (laughs) Dinosaurs were real. In the age of man, you know? These two coexisting together. They did. As one. Yep. As one is... Why do we ever... Why do we get into all these conspiracy theories about how the dinosaurs went extinct when it has to be... Man killed them. We eradicated them. I actually think that's probably true. You do? On the other side this of the This is my arc. only plausible yeah. argument that I would give in any credence to anyone hey. that says... Cheeky, cheeky. Hey, Jake. The bro is here. What you got in your hand the there, dude? Change of clothes? Wow. You didn't bring us anything? He said, he I'm said you didn't bring he us you anything. Can... You're good, bro. We don't need any of your clothes. We appreciate you. You can wear what he's got. I on. actually do think that I do think that man killed the dinosaurs post post arc. Yeah. Just so like you're not killing the all flood. the other animals. Huh? You're not down with the flood. In the ozone layer. I mean, I believe. You're with Ken Ham that they were on the ark. I, we've done this. They are they were on the They ark. were on the ark. They were on that's where you're at. No, so so no, where I'm did stating, they go after I'm the ark? Data. Huh? Where did they go after the ark? You're saying I'm saying they came off the ark. Obviously. And then they and then they were killed. They were subsequently killed. Like there would right have been then, like, like they stepped it off and that was like, oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been hard. The second, the second Velociraptor, the second Velociraptor walks off and he's like, nah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the scriptures would have said it. He takes one of the planks of the ark. Sh- sharpens it and yes. stabs it into the heart of the last two Good gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I also think dragons are, are real. Oh my goodness. I think there's one under the sea right now. Are you being serious? Yeah. I affirm this. I do. Who am I sitting here with? <laughs> Ken Ham and his uh Dragons dragons are real. Disciples. Who are these people? Dragons are real. I don't care what anybody says. Bro, dragons are real. Bro, we're a professional outfit. Komodo I'm, I'm, dragons ever heard of it? Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Dragons are real. I'm telling you right now, dragons are real. I would Have also, you ever seen Mulan? There's a dragon. I would there. also say that unicorns were probably at one point real. Uh, I don't know if I can go there with you. Oh. Sorry. Sorry, Rowan. True story. No, they were definitely real. That breathes fire. Fire breathing? <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely no problem with this. No. What the no. world is the bombardier that beetle? That shoots the poison out of his rectum. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. The, I'm di- it's not fire. <laughs> answers in Genesis. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs are real. You know what? Well, I'm going to counter answers in Genesis with got questions. <laughs> Now what? <laughs> hey, in all fairness, I read some stuff by Got Questions this week. It was trash. I know, that's the joke. Trash. Um, but a lot of times they're helpful. Um, yeah. But it is important that we understand that dragons, fire-breathing, flying dragons, were real at one point. You need to finish your MDiv. <laughs> so that I can be more resolved than a shirt jerk. <laughs> That'll get uh, it right. What a comeback. That was yeah. good. Hey, will you pass me those mints? No. Please. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> Lawson is a cat. <laughs> he is. He's the missional cat. That's his inner power animal. I forgot about that. Remember? Yes. He is the missional cat. <laughs> this man just... He's <laughs> just... Just straight pawed the mints over into the floor. Hey, Jake. Let's start Jake, come this here, pot come sickle here stand. Come here. You I need to, your help. You want to join the uh You can't the say program? the number one, though. That's the thing. You have to stop right. it, too. Five, four, three, two. Welcome to Project of Grace, the podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough. So, Don, what are we doing today? So, today. What are we doing today? What are we doing today? Today, right now on this podcast, we are (laughs) deciding (laughs) to discuss the title of today's episode is, Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Neighbor. So inside of this episode, this includes this includes the uh, topics of hand, foot, and mouth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and our new neighbor at the new space. Okay. It's full. You know, because you've been going on one about if the hand serves, the foot carries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you were wanting to you were wanting to unpack that. Yeah. But before we do that, I thought we would discuss is it wrong if we invite someone on our podcast, like and they don't answer us. That we just imitate them. I don't think there's any problem in that at all. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> we already had Henry Blackaby on. We did. Sweet Henry. Sweet, sweet Henry. Sweet Hen. Lawson's over there like so hushed. Like, I mean, you went hard. Like, we're not in. We hadn't made the turn yet. I just, you got to. You, you just harsh ta- the podcast. No, I up. didn't. I mean, he I just didn't. went no, ice No, you got to take me there. It's not, this is not my responsibility. Your responsibility is to guide me by the hand. All right. So I don't tell me. So Lawson. Okay. Someone told me. Okay. That you used to drive a Prius. Is this true? This is true. Really? <laughs> I drive a Prius. Pre BMW or pre Mercedes Benz. Mercedes Benz. My bad. Pre Benz. Pre Benz. Actually, the car immediately before the Benz was the Prius. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, what do you think, people, when they think of Lawson Harlow in Grenada? <laughs> yeah. What car do they correlate Jeep. with you? That's what they correlate with Jeep you? or my because that was in or high my school? first car. What was your first car? Like a Honda Civic or something? My oh, first man. car was a uh, Lexus oh ES300. Wait, what? ES300? Yes. We gonna, are we really going to do this? Rusty. Yeah. So, so that was my first car. What do you think the car is for you? Like, that people would... I mean, I guess it depends on what season of life, but, you know... It's the truck. The truck I drive currently. Right now? I got so it. Not I on got me. it my sophomore year of college. Wow! And we've been through a lot together. The hood broke. Yeah, because you have racing pins. I do it. have racing pins. Um, you need the bullet hole stickers. 
<laughs> it just screams getaway truck. <laughs> and you should back into every parking spot. <laughs> and maybe buy a drive out tag, a fake one. <laughs> Your just wife would never come in there. She'd be like, I can't go in there. Who's here? Go in there. I'm sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> She'd be like, well, at least it's not an infinity. <laughs> oh, that's good. So how'd you get the Prius? Um... I'm trying to remember what I had before the Prius. No, how did you get it? Was it a gift? Oh, I, oh, this is ugly. No, Ooh. it wasn't. So <laughs> you bought it for after, one dollar. Uh, actually, I I traded in a vehicle and got it for zero dollars. Sweet. So I bought a. Um, this is. I bought a <laughs> Nissan. How Juke. am I going to say this? I, I, that's what I was <laughs> a Nissan Juke. Uh huh. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> is that the one that has this like a half back door? In unicorns, fire-breathing <laughs> dragons. You can't trust him. He drove a juke. <laughs> How long did you make it in the juke? I drove the juke for probably six months. And you just got tired of it. I hated that car. It was the worst car I ever drove. Well, it's like it can't decide what it is. No, you can say why it was so terrible. They said that you would get 30 miles per gallon. It got a solid 20. And Wait on the juke. On the juke, and there was no armrest. Is this during a recession? Or something? I don't know. There, there was, was no, no armrest. There's no armrest. Sarah's so old car only had one armrest uh, for the driver. I don't. It's better than the juke had. The juke had no armrest. That's terrible. Like I, if this was the point in my life when I was driving back and forth to Memphis three days a week, and just got like your hand on the passenger side seat. I mean, literally, it's like, am I supposed to have both hands on the steering wheel the whole time? No, you got that. <laughs> well, you have one hand. I know, that's like one, you have one hand on your, your phone. You have one hand no, on like, your phone. No, literally, I sat, I sat everywhere with my hand underneath my right leg. Like I didn't know what else to do. I don't know what to do with my hand while I'm driving. You have one hand on the steering wheel, and you in the you other the arm. The, the gear shift. The gear shift. Was it, it in the it, middle? It was a manual. That's how you feel. I mean, it was an automatic. Did it, did no, it, it doesn't didn't matter. Have that, oh goodness, handle. Oh, by the no, way, no, no. Oh, but that's goodness. on this side. <laughs> well, then drive with your right hand. No, I can't yeah. do that. I would have done like the trucker hang. <laughs> but it didn't have. I don't think it had that. Anyway, it was the worst vehicle I ever drove. I traded it in for a Prius. Wow. And I, you drove the Prius. Were you in the Prius while you were married? Yeah, I, that's what I was driving when we got married. So I drove. Were the you Prius. driving that when you were dating? Did you drive the Prius away from the church when you got married? Like I think with so. the Coke cans in the back. No. Yes. I don't know. It may be in the CRV. Beth had a CRV. I think we were in the CRV. I remember when Beth had a CRV. Yeah. I don't remember this. So, what did you drive away from the wedding in? Um, Sarah and I bought a car four days before we got married. Wow. Cheapest new car on the market. Nissan Versa. Yeah. Um, Shout out Versa. Yeah. Now Lindsay drives it. I think we drove away in a, in a 97... Z seventy one step side truck. <clears throat> Sweet. That's I always I forget that you're a redneck. <laughs> yeah. That's what we drive away in. So yeah, drove the Prius back and forth. It was I, honestly to this day, Prius was one of my favorite vehicles. Oh, we can tell that you like you know, small carbon footprint vehicles. Mm -hmm. Very environmental. So what do you drive now? <laughs> I drive a truck. That's right. I forget you're. It's a truck very man. like a weather conscious truck. It is. It is. Reminds me of like it's polarizing. It's a lightning rod. Lightning, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Joe Biden had his picture taken in it. Actually, he was driving it. He was driving. I saw him it. driving. Not Lawson yeah. specifically. Yeah, we don't know. It could have been. been. Yeah, it's true. It could have been. Same color. How many miles did it have on it when it got delivered to your home? <laughs> 
It's time to come clean, Lawson. Do they count in miles, Lawson, or is it like some new way of counting yeah. distance? <laughs> giga, giga steps. <laughs> uh, it had 13 miles on it. Wow. I think Joe only drove like half a mile. So I know it. It probably was. <laughs> Did it smell like an old man in so, there? So, seriously, full disclosure, y'all. An old man in there. Lawson drives a Ford Lightning. It's out there, dude. You can park it near the front door now. He's you know, been parking it around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe this large bush out in the front of the church will hide. But my it was truck. a gift. Can we say that? Can we? It's okay to say that it was a gift. It was a gift to you. All right. Yeah. I, it's important to know that I didn't buy it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Okay. But I think you should be proud of it. Yeah. I bought yeah. it for him. Yeah. We pulled. Some money to what get nobody there. knows is Blake. Blake's been playing the lottery and he won. <laughs> that's right. So that's what happened. That's a joke. It's uh, sports betting. <laughs> what? <laughs> also a joke. So all that money you gave to the adoption. Um, <laughs> Adopted the truck. We really do have to cut this now, right? <laughs> yeah, we yeah we did. Not after that. All right. So with that, gentlemen, let's find out if the rest of this episode is in mint condition. Mint condition. Hmm. And pristine. Who is your neighbor? Before we get into that, we have to discuss, you know, again, sub is always reality. Like, we are three real people. There's a real church here. We're moving, really moving. It's true. And um, along the way, we... um, it came to light that our neighbor across the street is is a going to be. There was a, a building that was for sale. It was a used car lot, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a medical marijuana dispensary. Yeah. So we just wanted to go on record to say that we're well aware of it. You won't see the dispensary in operation until January. Hmm. Um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, Wherever you are, we became it? aware of it. Yeah, we became aware of it. But yeah. It didn't deter us. Yeah, it was not. But it was not part of the information we had from the beginning. Right. But it was part of our due diligence. Mm-hmm. Like we don't own the building yet. We could actually oh, walk away from the building yeah. right now. Yeah. No consequence. Let's don't do that. So I wanted to ask. Except for we would have nowhere to meet. Come. So I've talked to the dispensary owner, who has given uh, us the dispenser. Yes, if you will. Yes, I have talked to him, and um, they've given us permission uh, up until January. Um, that's kind of the block of time to say, "Hey, if y'all want to park uh, on Sundays for overflow parking, you can park there." But this really ties in well with the topic of today's episode, which is who is my neighbor? Because I think I think I think a lot of times for me when I think about a dispensary. Like I think more in recreational terms, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's just not that. Yeah. Like, it's just not that. Like, I, I don't know where we are. Well, we know where Lawson is. Cause he went on record for what he would vote, <laughs> but I ended up not voting. That <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. <clears throat> Lawson also at one point named our small groups, missional community. So <laughs> <laughs> we're dragging that. Heard it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. But we're calling them what now? Small groups. Yeah, we are. Yeah. That's... I think we should call them like blue groups or blue groups. Like take a Bible verse, three sixteen groups. Yeah. We should come up with a name. Can we not do that? Can we just leave it small groups? Just call them I don't know. Call them like 
Mini Lawson Harlow Baptist Church. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to MLHBC tonight? <laughs> MLHB squared. <laughs> You'll be like, what in the JLH are you talking about? Can we just, can we just burn this one? Yeah. Let's, just, let's wrap. No, this, this, is, actually, this is actually going to be one of our better ones. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked the question. This, this was a real question between the three of us. What if the dispensary owner came to visit Mercy Hill? Praise the Lord. Yeah, and wanted to join. Like, let's just say, like, I, I, I just, from, from, like, my thinking uncharitably, like, that's what I want to be guarded against, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, we're in a commercial district. Sure. Like, around the corner, there is, uh, there is a low to moderate income neighborhood. Sure. And across the street, there will be this dispensary. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard it said, like, I've heard people say before, I think there's that sentiment, right? No one here, but I've heard it in my lifespan be like, well, I'm not having, I don't, I'm not going to a church that meets inside a gymnasium. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. We've had, we've had people say, I didn't want, I really didn't want to go to a church that met in a strip mall and then they joined. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, I mean, from, from the perspective of the dispensaries, our neighbor, what do you think the collective mindset should be? I mean, I think the, the collective mindset should be, we, we live in the world. Like, I think that's just part of it. We live, we live in a world that has different, um, different dispositions. We live in a world where certainly there are always going to be places like a dispensary. And I also think that we're new to the party here. That like Colorado, Nevada, California, and the like, churches have been dealing with this for a long time. And so, and so I think they've answered some of the questions that we might, we might ne- just now be posing. Hmm. But... You know, I think as a general rule, we can't pretend as though we can retreat in totality from from everything that might be a concern to us mm-hmm. in a general district or in a period in like uh, in the concept of space. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So the interesting thing about all of this is actually in the medical marijuana law for the state of Mississippi, it states <clears throat> that a church, a school or a daycare cannot be within 500 feet of the location of where the dispensary wants to go. And if it is, before you could apply for your medical marijuana license through the Mississippi Department of Health, you had to have a waiver signed by whatever organization was within that cir- that circumference. Is that the right word? No. Sure. Yeah. Sure, let's go sure. with that. Um, distance. <coughs> distance, 500 vicinity. feet. Yeah, the vicinity of 500 feet. They had to sign a waiver. Why do you think that it was in the bill that the medical marijuana, I mean, it seems like they're writing the bill with the disposition that the medical marijuana needs to have a right of, I guess, a waiver signed by those three entities. Yeah. School, daycare, church. Why, why do I think that's a part of the bill? Yeah. We're we're in legal territory right now, but it would assume I would assume that it's the same reason that you can't have tobacco advertisement in a certain vicinity as well. But, sure. but do you think it's like a cultural norm? Like, oh well, we know these three entities would by and large be opposed, maybe for May, those things probably, happening within yeah. that, that vicinity. That's yeah, probably what I think it probably would it be is. first and foremost to say, hey, look, you people who are going to have opposition, don't freak out. Here's a way that you can prevent them from being somewhere near you. Right. 
but it helps get it passed. But I also, yeah, for sure. But I also think that if it's if so it's a if it's a political trip, level, if it's a medical marijuana dispensary, the safeguard is that it's medical marijuana and it would have to be used in conjunction with a um, have to be prescribed with a yeah. with a prescription yeah, for an ailment. Like the question, yeah, the question would be like, are these dispensaries going to conduct themselves lawfully? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a, <clears throat> excuse me, which I think is a really important question to be asked. Yeah. And we have gone on record just really quickly to clarify. <clears throat> I cannot. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've gone on record a number of times in this podcast to talk about how, you know, one of the distinctions between, for instance, the consumption of alcohol versus um, versus the consumption of marijuana is the dis- the distinction here is that one one you can do and still be sober minded, mm-hmm. and one you, you it's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think I think those types of Conversations. I think well, we said there it's an impossibility with because the the whole context of the episode was can you smoke a blunt to the glory of God? And the answer is no. And the answer is no. The answer is no. But I think yeah. there are I think there are in the medicinal sense Uses. there are ways to dose beyond just roll them up and smoke them. You know what I'm saying? Like I think yeah. inside that place yeah. there will be a, a way to dose towards a medication of pain. Yeah. 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 Um. So there is. So we. So we've. We've asked the attorney general because, <clears throat> as we read the law, the law states that um, any dispensary, what I've already referenced, any yeah. dispensary has to have a waiver. Well, the medical marijuana license is only good for a year. Okay. So we've asked the attorney general to weigh in on: Will this dispensary need us to sign a waiver um, next August? Let's say. Yeah. And the attorney general wrote back through our local state representative. Is it state representative, Charles? Dana Criswell. Um, and so uh, the attorney general was not willing to give an opinion on it and wow. pointed us back to the Mississippi Department of Health. Interesting. Um, to find out as they will like govern their law or their policy. And so we're waiting here back. So more to come. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. Yeah. I just wanted I just wanted us to be prepared to be like if the neighbor walks across the street with a with with a waiver request mm. like that we would be fully aware of that might what was impending yeah. yeah and then yeah. I love when we have elders meeting on air yeah same <laughs> it feels good right <laughs> all right so let's unpack the uh, hand foot and mouth hand foot and mouth from Romans twelve. Not the sickness. Yeah, not the sickness. Just to um, clarify. Yeah. That's a nasty thing. <laughs> Never hand, foot, and mouth. It. Oh, yeah. Rowan got it twice. Is, the, is it in that was, order? Hand, foot, and mouth? Hand, mouth, foot. I don't know. Hand, Either mouth, way. foot? I think it's hand, foot, mouth. Hand, foot, mouth. Okay. All right. What was your tweet? You tweeted something, and you said, hey, I tweeted this. He's going to have to go back like a I always while, love imitating. Man, I tweet's like a, like a, a thing. Right but you know now. what I noticed? That I still don't follow him. No, we did notice that today. But you actually have more tweets than he does. Really? Yeah. So you. I used come, to tweet a bunch. I know. So you've kind of grown out of it. You yeah. know, I've, I've, I've kind of moved on. Up this man out. live tweets. Um, <laughs> this man live tweets. Uh, Bro, the one that you games. liked about uh, the 
the Twix. Y'all check y'all kick y'all check your kids' candy this year. I just found the Glock inside of Twix. <laughs> and the dude's got a broken Twix bar stretched over a real Glock and took a picture of it. Like I was telling Lawson before we started recording. It's like, bro, I grew up and literally my mom and dad like did not let me trick or treat till I was like fifteen. And then I was like I'm going out trick-or-treating and I mean legit I think that was the culture like the whole time was like check your Jolly Ranchers for razor blades <laughs> you know like because they melt the Jolly Ranchers down yeah. slide a little razor blade in there and then re-harden them <laughs> yeah those blue uh, ones will get you every time <laughs> <clears throat> alright um, have you found your tweet I have I have found said tweet it's a lot of scrolling it's, yeah I had to scroll a little bit it's alright um alright so the the occasion though I talked about it. It was it was at the end of a previous episode. I don't know if we made it. You you need you just need to restate it again. Okay, so the, paint the picture for the us. Occasion. Awesome. I was or we were in Jackson with Haddon, um, Mississippi. Yeah, Jackson, Mississippi. And as we were there, there were just a number of things that I noticed from various church members. So, for instance, I had some church members call and check on us. I had some church members offer to take care of our home while we were away. I had some bring us food, you know, like... A you, had ton, you had one that just totally glossed over the whole situation. Right, 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 right. And um, and so... <laughs> Look, we have to tell it. So I call Lawson and I'm like, I was just like full bore in another you were set of circumstances. Yeah, I was business done. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, hey, so um, I talked to so-and-so and I got this going and like, we need to pull him. He goes, so how's Haddon? <laughs> I said, Lawson's so sassy. So I said, Well, I got the email. And then I was like, Oh, that sounds so. (laughs) Forget I said that. I'm sorry. So I go, So, how's Haddon? (laughs) He he accepted a rebuke. I did. I'm trying. I'm still growing. I was loving. What'd you say? I'm still growing. I'm still growing. That's right. That's right. You learn. Um, So, anyway, had all of these various types of. Ministry done by various people in our church. Also, some from people that are outside of our church that are in Jackson and they just right. sorry, Twitter randos, as you called them. Before they're not the Twitter past. randos. <laughs> they're friends. Sorry if you're listening, Twitter <laughs> randos. Yeah. He said it. I'm just Pre- quoting quote Lawson Harlow. Lawson's Lawson still growing in his sanctification. Something about it was on a previous episode, and you were like, "Oh, the tel- the telephone number when we were doing the dialing." And he was like, I'm not putting my cell phone out there on Twitter a for a bunch of yeah, randos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, again. He just I, has a lot of haters. I stand by that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got Yeah, I got one or two people that would probably call in and say mean things. Um, they would all be wrong, though. So, Because <laughs> I am orthodox. That's right. So, uh, so anyway, in the midst of all that, I was just thinking, and I think there can be a natural disposition as as so many people in the congregation serve you to think, well... Why hasn't so and so been serving me? Mm. Right. I think, I think we, it's like I tell people often, like, I do really well at, um, I, I, I do maybe, maybe too well at not over meditating upon a compliment. Mm-hmm. And I'll destroy myself with one word of negativity, mm. right? And so I think constructive criticism, right? Yeah, so that's one way to say it. Um, <laughs> but but I think we can do that the same way inside of the of the church, where there's a whole bunch of people loving you really well, and your first reaction is, "Well, why isn't so and so loving me really well?" And it's like, well, well, but I think also to be a member of the audience, right, of the congregation, mm-hmm. mind you, that you could be provoked. To a jealous disposition, 
Explain. Like, oh, well, well, I wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so-and-so did that. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? I think that's real. That's, like, a, good, I, that's a good thought. So yeah, I yeah. think like the receiver, you as, yeah. as the receiver can go, well, you did. The, yeah, like, like you did. This, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, we'll hold that one and let's come back okay. to it because I think okay. that's a really helpful category. Um, I, I read, when I wrote this, I was not thinking that way. Okay. Um, We're here for it. So... So anyway, you learned something from Don, I know, right? It happens about once every six months. He's still growing. Um, I've learned a total of seven things <laughs> lost the that I've known him. Um, seven things. So Ouch. it's perfect number. So we're probably done mm-hmm. now. Um, but uh, but so as I was as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the fact that that is an expression of the whole body functioning. Mm. So so it's not it's not just the one individual is caring for me. It's actually the whole body is carrying me through the expression of the one member. And so I tweeted this. the The original tweet was, "When one member of your lo- of your local church serves you, you do well to remember that the whole body is serving you. We are many, but we are one. Every time I say you do well, is like all I can do is laugh now. Um, take the medicine. Yeah, That's yeah. What you take the type medicine. At the end of it. Take the medicine. <laughs> we are many, but we are one. When the hand bring when I typo when the hand brings Imagine food that. to the mouth, <laughs> the mouth doesn't hate the foot for not being a hand. Mm. And so that's read that, it again. Read it quicker. <clears throat> Give me some cadence on it. Read it again. <clears throat> Try it again. When do one, some voice when one member of your local church serves you, you do well to remember that the whole body is serving you. We are many, but we are one. When the hand brings food to the mouth, the mouth doesn't hate the foot for not being a hand. Mm. And so. Anyway, that's that's what I'm really getting after. But as I was thinking about it on the way home, I I kind of built it out a little bit and thought Off about Twitter. No, like <clears throat> I actually built it out in a thread on Twitter on why uh, this was okay. so important. Okay, and I think maybe we could even walk through it because I, I yes, highlight please. particular Cause things. Because there have been several people to be like, yeah, I don't get all that. Like you're gonna have to explain yeah. that to me. <clears throat> okay, Hank, Hank. Yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> so here we go. Mustache. So here we go. <laughs> Everyone, everyone isn't a communicator, but some in the church are. Mm. When a member of the body checks on you, the church is checking on you. Mm. So, for mm-hmm. instance, I, I don't get phone calls from every member of this congregation every week. I don't. Like, I don't, I, I have, there's never been a Sunday where I walked out of here and every single individual said, hey, man, I really appreciate your labor. Mm. Um, that's never happened, nor should I expect that to happen. Right. First of all, some people are encouragers. That's their natural disposition. Some people are communicators. They're going to communicate effectively. And then some people are just going to go home and be grateful. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to go mm-hmm. home and not be grateful. Like, that's just that's just part of it. Like, and, and so in the midst of that, it's not as though I need to be frustrated. <laughs> what? Like, and you don't want a phone call from <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I don't, want to, I don't want a phone call from you. Um, take your medicine. <laughs> so, so, but... In the midst of that, like, what I need to understand is what's actually happening in the midst of that moment is a member of the body is caring for, caring for me by encouraging me. And that is the operation, in some sense, of the entire body, right? The, <clears throat> because even if you were to think about it from somewhat of, of a transitive property, you've got, you've got multiple people who are caring for the individual member who just cared for me. Right. And so it's like there's there's a lot happening that gets the encourager or the communicator to come and to encourage and to strengthen me in a particular moment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the way I think about it is the hand and the foot are both fueled by the very same thing. Like the reason my hand is strong is because the blood is pumping. And the reason the foot is strong is because the blood is pumping. And so in the midst of that, we're actually sharing from the same nutrient and mm-hmm. we're caring for one another 
in, uh, in, in various ways and various fashions. So like here, you know, you think about it, not everyone is a communicator. Like some people, some people are going to call and check on you and some people aren't. That's not them saying they hate you. Like sometimes we, sometimes our general disposition is so-and-so hasn't called me in two weeks. Therefore they hate me. No, no. And, and if we could maybe even make it further, like you have a congregation size of 150, there may be somebody in the congregation who has never called and checked on, they might not have your phone number, right? That does not translate to they hate you. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. And we need to be careful about that. We need to understand that like their, their ministry may not, may not touch you directly for a period of time, mm-hmm. but it may, t- it may touch people all around them that minister to them directly. And so like there's just, there's just a dependence upon one member to another where when one member is exercising their spiritual gifts, we shouldn't nullify all the ministry of the rest of the members and, and, and begrudge them because they're not conducting themselves as a hand when they are, in essence, a foot. But do you think that it's a member's... Do you think it's a member's right? And do you think it's a, the member's collective responsibility for someone to check on someone else yes. and to expect that as a member. Yes. Yeah, and I think there is a, a place here for like rebuking people who are being slothful. And you know what I mean? Like I think like like in uh, like when we think about not being here is that what you're ditches, saying? like the yeah. you think about ditches, there's the ditch of like us we could fall into saying, well, if, if someone served you, the body served you, all the while kind of like ignoring a bunch of people who might not be serving in any way, right? It's like we want to make sure that the last thing Lawson said is is true is that like we each have different gifts and different jobs and different things that we do well and we want to encourage one another to do those things. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it should never be that like well that person didn't didn't check on me because they they really just don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like they just have no desire to do that. But again, your general disposition as you have not received care from a particular individual cannot be that person hates me. No, I agree. But I <clears> do <throat> think like if you see a pattern No, of, I think it's a I'm saying that I agree with you that there are ditches here, but I'm but I'm saying Do you that, want to fight? I mean I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think I bet y'all let, me say, let, me, let me say let me say it this way. The natural disposition of the human heart does not lean toward a gracious assumption oh, toward agreed, them. Agreed, and yeah. so I think the natural disposition when someone in particular has not cared for you, our first reaction should not be that person doesn't care about me. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I'm getting after. And I also think that there are blanket ways that we care for one another that should be observed. Sure. So like like to be able to emulate a way of life. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I also like if Let's just from personal perspective, right? Just me. Like if I if I if I preach every week and then you come up to me and say, You don't care for me, uh-huh. it's like, bro, like I go into the study and work and 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 labor over a text for fifteen hours mm-hmm. to care for you. Like it's a collective way that I care for everybody at the same time. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to reach out and touch you directly by, you know, alone this Never week. But, but I mean, that's not like we, we have to see the blanket working of all of this. Right. So like, for instance, to, to place this into perspective, I think probably in a more secretive way or in a, in a, in a more not secretive, but in a, in a, in a undisclosed uh, yeah, a place that gets less light right. is, I mean, goodness, Don, nobody knows the work that you've done to get the building together. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, very few people are have any awareness of that. And I think but that I think the people that 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 have had experience, right? And yeah, know, and know, like I've had people that Incur- have yeah. said like Hey, I, I don't know all that you've done, but yeah. I know it's been a lot. Yeah. Thank you. And I've always said, like, oh, well, I mean, I we, we've not gone at it alone. You know, it's yeah. not been a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Absolutely. I really feel like we've had a, yeah, a group. I'm not trying to, like. No, but the point remains. Yeah. That sure. Again, and even then, you prove it, right? There are people who are saying, encouraging <laughs> you in the midst of that, while other people are are unaware of of the labors and the works that yeah, you've Yeah, my in. expectation yeah. would never to be, like, uh, to be owed. A yeah. direct communication right. from every single yeah, person. I'm saying, like, I know that you hate to be recognized. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm saying, like, in the midst of that, there's that's a means by which you care for the whole body. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm getting after. And so I think that we need to do better in a general sense of recognizing that when one member is functioning appropriately, that either the whole body is being cared for by that one member or the, or the whole body is caring for that member. Mm. And that's what, I, that's what I, I just think we miss because, you know, as we talk about the one member, Blake and I, we've talked about this a great deal of like how, how we're so fixated on the individual that we, that we a lot of times miss the collective. Mm. And, and we as Christians are not permitted to do that because we live within a body. Yeah. Um, not permitted to do what? We're not permitted to just think individualistically. Mm. And so, you know, like when I, I, maybe a perspective from, from um, like as, as I'm caring for someone else, Beth is caring for me, mm-hmm. right? Like my household's in order. And a lot of that is, is that Beth is making sure that our household is in order so that I can go forth. People don't realize that Beth's caring for them. Mm. while she's caring for me and mm-hmm. I'm caring for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we just th- this dependence upon one another and this concept of all the members caring for one when one member is only active, I well, think is. Yeah, and I also think just in a general sense, right, like we all can care for one another in ways that they will never know about by being committed to praying. Yes. Being committed yeah. to reading our Bibles, being committed to you know, repenting of sins and being yeah. holy. Like in a sense, we all kind of shoulder the load of caring for one another by doing those things, spiritual disciplines yeah, and being conformed to the image of Christ and, and being able to encourage one another in that. Yeah. Yeah. So like going forward here, <clears throat> everyone, unless you have something else. No, I just, I didn't know when you wanted to talk about, cause I do think that like sometimes our, again, our natural, the heart's natural disposition is to not, think charitably yeah right and i think the same thing is real like when you see a very active member who is giving you know hospitality right or whatever that is it's like you either like well why am i not included right right or it's a or it's a um, thought about where you see the hand serving the mouth and you're like well well, i wanted to do that you know and there's just a there's not there's not a, a an open opportunity for every single member yeah. to do, you know that that you know lead in that regard or yeah. minister in that regard. And I think those things are real. Like I think we often think uncharitably, and I think we're often provoked to either jealous to say, "Well, why didn't I receive that?" Or you know, saying I think it just goes back to like un, like understanding the body in these terms that you're laying out. You know that you would have to. Yeah, like rebuke, you know what I'm saying? Rebuke yourself in the sense to mm-hmm. be like, 
you know, to understand that when my brother goes, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Al, you know, I, sorry, Blake, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and just ask the questions, like, of your own heart. Like, why, why is it that I want, because, I mean, I do this too. Like, why is it that I'm so jealous to get that opportunity that mm-hmm. someone else got? Like, mm-hmm. is it really because I want to serve them that mm-hmm. much more, or is it mm-hmm. because I want myself to be attached to that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And a great, a great way to answer that question <clears throat> is, is, Am I glad they were served? Right. Because if... Cause well, if, the answer is typically no, right? Yeah, it's no, like... Right. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> there's normally good. a but. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> they were served, and that's awesome, but I really wanted to do yeah. it. Yeah, but know? I can cook this, or I can do... You know what I'm saying? It's this It's this self... It's wanting to be a, uh, primarily a self-expression. Yeah, I think I think either a desire of expression or a desire, or a desire of recognition for service. Yeah, glory. Glory. I think, yeah, I think that's super fair. And, and that's where, like... If we're just glad they're being served, there's not. I think you prevent yourself from from having angst and frustration. I when, love that word, angst. Yes, yeah, angst and frustration when you see them being served and you're not the one who got to do it. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, as long as the as long as the member is being cared for, you know, I I don't really care where it comes from, or at least in my holiest of moments, I don't really care of where it comes from. I just want them to be cared for. Um, and so, you know, it's like when someone's invited to dinner um, and I wanted to be the one to host them, it's like, no, 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 they're being hosted. They're being loved. But I do think that maybe, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong here, I think maybe I have a, a, a unique disposition, not disposition, but a unique view of this. Yeah, I think you have a unique experience. I've told you that before. Yeah, well, one mm-hmm. of the reasons that I say that I have, that I can, that I think I can see this a little bit is because I'll have people... Like I'll reach out to somebody and 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 invest time and energy there just to get to know them, to care for them as they are making their way into Mercy Hill. And then um but my 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 goal always is to push them into the congregation. That's not the desire to push them away from me. It's the desire to see them be served and connected and begin to build relationships with the rest of the body so that they can be served. In a, in a deeper way. Yeah, and so that their only connection isn't you. Yeah, which I think is a, it, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous place to be. Of course. You, if, if, if your only connecting, connected point in the congregation is me, then, then you're not connected to the church, you're connected to a member. And right. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that that's not valuable, it is, but the goal should always be for those to permeate inside of the congregation because I'm just, I'm just one piece of the body. Yeah, and none of this is possible if you're not connected to the body. Yeah, for sure. Because you can't have different people who are different parts of the body with different gifts serve you if different people don't know you. Yeah, yeah. So the scripture that this brings to my mind uh-huh. is uh, Matthew 25. And it says, uh, starting in verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by, by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. And I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And, and when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. 
Which I think that's interesting. I've always, yeah. in light of that, I've always, I've always read that in a more individualistic lens. Mm-hmm. But hearing you talk, it makes me go back to that scripture and see it in a more collective, yeah. con- congregational who is he, perspective. Because who is he shifting out? Oh, he's talking to the church <clears throat> right. as a whole. Yeah. yeah. You, you did this. Yeah. Who's the you? It's the church. The church. Yeah. It's the, the sheep on this. the right. Because yeah, before that passage, that the lead in is he separates the goats from the yep. sheep and speaks to the sheep yeah. in, in this way, and collectively. If and if you're going to write a big name above the pin of the of the sheep it's going to be like the church yeah 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 <clears throat> and so yeah i've got more you want me to keep going yeah please okay um so this is actually something we've, we've talked about in the past we haven't we haven't had to do it as of yet i i hope that it's a long while before we before we would have to but Everyone isn't a foot that comes to visit you in affliction, but when they come to visit, the church comes to visit. So obviously we visit people in the midst of affliction. That occurs regularly, and I think normatively. You know, Blake, you mentioned people who came to the funeral a couple of a couple of weeks ago. We had people come. Just, I mentioned that a new member class. So oh, new member class, there. sorry. Sweet audience. Um, <clears throat> but, and then we had we had people come and, and just eat lunch with us um, while we were in Jackson with Haddon. And, uh, and so like in the midst of that, who came to visit, like, was it particular people? Yeah, it was particular people, but it was a means by which the entire church came to visit. They came to love Mm -hmm. us in the midst of that. And they carried that. But, you know, I think about this for homebound people. We have, um, we have, it's actually not written in our constitution bylaws that it might be profitable for us to do that. But, um, is that we, if someone's homebound for an extended period of time, the first Sunday of the month that an elder and maybe uh, a deacon and a couple of other people in the church that are close to them would go to them um, and participate in the Lord's table with them. Mm-hmm. And that's just a means by which we care for them. But it's like, we can't fit a hundred and some odd people in their home and nobody mm-hmm. wants that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, we don't need that. Mm-hmm. What we do, but I, I think it's a means by which the whole church can go to them in, mm-hmm. in, in some sense and encourage them in the midst of their affliction, in the midst of them being homebound. Um, and so that's, that's just something that I, that I think about how to care for those who are away. We visit them, but we visit them with intention and design to, to give them, you know, ordinary means of grace. Yeah. Encouragement. Yeah, certainly. And so, yeah. I have more too, but. Yeah. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. Good, Blake, pal. Blake looks at his watch. Um, not everyone is a mouth, but when the mouth is proclaiming, teaching, comforting, or rebuking, the church is speaking. That that's the the whole body is working together, and this this is one that I think is helpful because this I think this is is obvi- an obvious one. Um, not everyone has hands outstretched to give financially, but when financial gifts come from a member of the church, the church is giving. And I'm not speaking of giving to the church in the normative sense. I'm saying that there is a means by which various people are uniquely gifted financially and you see them often express that generosity where a number of people in the congregation just can't do that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, do I, do I begrudge my other brothers and sisters who are not as financially well off when they are not outstretching their hand to give financially or they're not able to give to the same degree, you know, in amount? It's like, no. I would never do that. The church itself is giving, and that's and that's the way that that should be viewed. The whole of the body is giving to the need that's present. Hmm. 
You got more? I got one more. Go for it. I got one more. When the hand, foot, heart, mouth, ears, eyes, and arms are working in the body, we must remember that those members operate under the headship of Jesus. One member moves, the whole body is active, which leads us to be grateful for both Christ and church. Do you think that, I mean, we we are such a prone to being abused, like we abuse things. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like you take like... Take advantage. Yeah, take advantage. Take the sovereignty of God, right? Yeah. And then it negates, in, in, in in one sense, it could negate evangelism oh sure right so i think like everything that you said as i was thinking through this like it shouldn't it shouldn't provide the sloth no like camouflage or cover you know what i'm saying so i i would rather like it's almost like you know i would rather have i think the, i think the bible echoes this like to be zealous for good works yeah. right that in one sense it's like yes to rebuke one's heart to say yeah, like, you know, think charitably. Don't let it be a jealous dis- disposition first. But I do think we should, that there is this, there is this uh, outdo one another. And you know what I'm saying? Honor, from, yeah. Huh? And showing honor, yeah. Yeah. So there, the verse that I'm thinking about is do not be slothful and zeal, be fervent in, in spirit, serve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was so trying your to labor say is not in vain in the Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think there are these good things where it's like, if the bodies let you down, right? Yeah then I think like we should forgive the body and understand that maybe there's an opportunity for growth from an individual perspective, you know, that there's a moment of grace there and an opportunity to grow deeper, right? Not to recuse yourself or to recoil from the body, right? but to continue to put yourself out there and avail yourself to be ministered to. Because I think that's also can be sometimes what limits the body's effectiveness is that the individual is not willing to be loved. Like to be ministered to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it all goes back. That's it's Romans 12 too, right? Or Romans 12 also. Like yeah. you can't contribute. You can, Your needs can't be contributed to if you don't let anyone know you have need. Mm. And if you're not in community living together, and if you are kind of hiding, like you're saying, camouflaging, then there is no, there's no way for you to let your need be known. Yeah, and then it's really easy. It's really easy if you don't let your need to be known, and then your need isn't <coughs> taken care of, mm-hmm. to get angry uh, or upset about the fact that your need isn't taken care of. When the reality is, you didn't you didn't let anyone know about your need mm-hmm. to begin with. Tell us, Lawson. <clears throat> Tell us what. Did that capture everything that you were looking for as far as like... I mean, I think I think the major... I think the freedom that this should give, right, is is the ability to say glad-hearted. Um, I see that my brother is being served. The whole church is serving in the midst of this, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there should be a reason to rejoice in that. I think what it guards against... Beth and I were talking about this on the way home when I was writing that is what it guards against is frustration with various members of the body while you are being ministered to. Right. Um, You know, I I think nobody, maybe put this into a different perspective, nobody's mad. Um, Charles is in the room, so I'm going to use him as an illustration. Nobody's mad on Sunday morning when I'm preaching that Charles isn't. 
right? It's not like it's because this is the task the Lord's given me. Charles has a particular task as well, and he's to walk in that. But this is where I think what we really just have to do is we have to be able to see, um, kind of going back to uh, Romans 12 again, that that text that says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in your serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, like... We should expect people to do those things. That should I think I think if we understand the body appropriately, we would say that God's given those people to the congregation and we expect them to to walk in their giftings. Now that also means that kind of going back to the financial illustration, that when my brother who does not have the the financial ability that someone else does, when he doesn't help contribute to the needs in a financial way, yet he is faithfully contributing to the needs and many others, mm-hmm. he shouldn't be looked down upon. Right. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not in, in regard to finances. I'm not speaking of general giving to the body, which I think is is a commandment. Um, so, but I'm saying just that that above and beyond generosity. And so, I think it prevents frustration and angst towards other members um, that you may not have as close contact with, or something of that nature. I just I, I think that for me, that's the disposition. I want to prevent my mind from going to a place that's like, well, as I'm being checked on by five other people, right? Well, why hasn't so-and-so checked on me? Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's, that's not a, that's, I would say that's not a godly disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead the disposition needs to be, man, see how the, see how the church is caring for me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the disposition that I want us to arrive at, not just individually, but corporately. Um, and then also you think about the other side of this um, while we were in the hospital, I appreciated the people that checked on us. We had a ton of people check on us, but we didn't have every single individual in the church check on us. And frankly, I'm a little glad because 157 text messages at on, you know, as soon as I receive an email is that's a lot. Um, and I'm going to feel obligated to respond to every single one of them because I I love these people and I want to, and I want to respond, but that's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even then you can be, you can be over blessed with food Mm-hmm. right? Like freezers filled to the brim that you're never going to get to that food. And so, you know, it's like, it's almost as if God intended to work this out in a particular way where there are various members with various giftings and they're going to use those giftings well. And we should be glad at the whole body and that Christ, the head of it, as those, as those members are serving us. Why do you think this isn't? And I, I mean, this may just be my blanket statement, but everything that you are describing has not has not been has not been like my my normal like historical Christian church experience like being cared for yeah or like knowing not even saying like personally I, I mean I can tell you a lot of times the church has cared for me but knowing just knowing organically like needs within a local body and being so knit together that it's like these things are just like there's not the, you know, heart team or the, the such and such team. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. had, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, and we mentioned like, you know, well, we don't have the shut-in written in our Constitution and bylaws. Right. Well, I think we, I mean, tongue-in-cheek, we have the Scripture, and I think like yeah, yeah, yeah. we would definitely, regardless of if it's written, I mean, we want to codify it where when we're long gone. That's the natural flow of the church, yeah. Yeah, that it just, it naturally takes place and you have you have a written example, you know, of what to do. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, that 
just means the church is doing the things that the church does for one another. I think if you're hearing this, like I think a lot of people's experience are like I go I go to a place of attendance on Sunday and I have baby showers and birthday parties and people write me cards from communities that are so far detached mm-hmm. from that Sunday experience. Right. And I just, you know, I wonder like why, like, you know, it's like almost the Christian has been supplemented by the world to say like the work break room right now. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those things, right? Receiving no. and giving gifts for people yeah. that you work for. I mean, you, you, you create long lasting relationships with yeah. people at work. But I think like some of the most long lasting relationships by and large that you create as a Christian in the modern culture is probably outside the church. And I don't know like why that is because everything that you explained to me just now probably hits the ears of a listener to be like, well, that's a, the whole thing is an oddity. You know what I'm saying? Like, and why yeah. is that? Like, why is that? I think that we're in like an especially helpful place being so young as a church that like we have had the ability to make things normal that weren't necessarily normal for us before. Mm. And I think that like thinking about my own experience, the church was very corporate and very like sterile doesn't seem like the best word, but it's, mm-hmm. it's up there, you know, that kind of like, I'm a member of this institution and I come and I, you know, serve on different, in different areas or I'm involved in different things, but like the people there don't necessarily know me mm-hmm. and I don't know how they will know me, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think like that was even something that Sarah and I like grew in a lot when we came here. Mm that you know there's part of being cared for is letting people know who you are and mm-hmm. and you know having a relationship with them more than on Sunday and so i think like we get that opportunity now because we're so young we get to say like this is how we're going to be mm-hmm. whereas like in a lot of for a lot of us we grew up in churches that were not 5 years old and mm-hmm. you know had mm-hmm. built That's up fair. a lot of the i don't know mm-hmm. walls against that but it seems like the the, I mean, doesn't seem the, the the scriptures command this culture. Oh, of course. You know, yeah, what I'm saying to like not have it to see it listed and commanded among <laughs> us, and then not have it by and large be the be the common experience. This yeah, is just connected it, to the state of theology. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's it really all goes is. back to this that like we are. Yeah, coworker and I were talking about the state of theology, and like he leads a small group at his house on Thursday for like. Just the same uh, one who said I was a savage. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, leads kind of like a small group. And I said, you know, like, to me, like, the evangelical church, by and large, Protestant evangelical church, just means we're bound by attendance and attendance only. Yeah. And that's the only thing that the church corporately cares about is that you are attending a church, and that's it. And And I said, you know, some of the interesting questions would be to ask your young adult class or, like, what are the things that unify us, mm-hmm. right? And I think like everything that you're laying out is like we're unified foundationally in all of these truths that are unshakable, right? They're, they're primary doctrines, and then they work themselves out in commitment and ambassadorship mm-hmm. you know, to this mission, not only to evangelize the world around us, but more importantly, to love one another, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think to me, like that's such a encouraging thing that like when I think of church discipline right the threat to bad behavior 
I don't have a specific individual. It's not like Lawson's the cop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think like of Mercy cop, Hill. Yeah, it's like, I think of Mercy Hill, the church. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, these are the ones that are encouraging me and all the more as I see the day drawing near. Mm. And that's how, that's how Amen. I view, so like, for instance, somebody asked a while back, a Presbyterian brother asked me, well, what happens if a, if a church member has, like, is abused by an elder? And they were speaking of sexual abuse at that point. And it was just, the conversation was, well, who do they go to? And I was like, they have 157 people they can go to. Mm. And that 157 people are far more authoritative than your presbytery. Mm. And the same thing with the guarding of doctrine, right? I tell, we, we make the joke regularly that Mercy Hill is a terrifying place to preach. Yeah. Um, and it's a terrifying place to preach because we preach with the intention of seeing our church members grow in grace and understand doctrine. My hope is that every single one of our church members would blow the state of theology out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I preach in such a way, we preach in such a way as to see them be able to do that well. Going from there, like I have then, we have then, every member of our congregation who is able to hold the pulpit accountable. And so, I mean, like, that dependence on the church as a whole, not just individual, like, not just elders or pastors or whatever, same, you know, interchangeable, but, you know, it's instead a dependence upon the whole body. Mm -hmm. You know, the one thing that I might say as I was listening to y'all talk of, like, you know, this wasn't my normative experience. And, I, and I, I'm in the same boat, but the issue is it actually is all of our normative experiences in some category. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think what that points you to is need, right? The reason that the majority of people have this, or if they don't have it, they long for it, is, is because it's a necessity to human life, mm. right? Like the reason that you build strong relationships, um, perhaps around proximity first and foremost, like all of my friends in high school, I have, I have one friend from high school that I still talk to, and I talk to him like once every six months, right? Mm-hmm. But they were close friends when I was in high school by proximity. Mm-hmm. Then you begin to build relationships when you make your way to college based around common interest, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't have a church when I was in college, but I had the Wesley Foundation, and that's where the vast majority of my relationship took place. I depended on those people. They depended on me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think you get to the workforce or you get to whatever phase in life and you begin to invest your life and energies into perhaps further common interest or work, proximity, whatever it may be. I think the last, pay, the last place today that people genuinely desire to build strong relationships in is the local church. Mm, That's yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem for a number of reasons. But I think the major thing is that the, the basic disposition for the majority of people is, well, I'm accepted in this particular sphere, right? Perhaps it is that you can build strong relationships over the internet playing video games. I think that can be a thing. I've seen people do that. Um, It's not a church, right? You go into the workforce and you do the same thing. You have a common interest, you have a common labor, and you build strong relationships there. It's still not a church. But But what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to supplement the reality that you don't have, and I'm speaking of Christians in particular here, right? You're trying to supplement the reality that you have no true fellowship with people who who have in common Christ. And I think that's what's happened over the last, over the last couple of, and I don't know how long, in my lifetime, 30 years, people are like, yeah, I go to church, but my community is video games. Mm-hmm. I go to church, my community is my workplace. I go to church and my community is whatever hobby I might have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem. Yeah. 
Like I tell Beth, I, I tell Beth, and I and, and what I think, but I think the problem though resides more so le- like less like less with a like a single person. You know what I'm saying? Like I think all of these things exist because collectively, from a congregational standpoint, they've all let go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and relegated it to attendance only. Because this like this this like to me strikes at the common experience which is well the reason why i do all of these other things is because like no one's willing to to like i mean i remember being at a in a prior life reaching out and asking uh, another guy married yeah hey can we just spend like a breakfast together once a week yeah 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 crickets yeah nothing Mm. no not a no not a anything but yeah like we didn't miss a beat on Sunday. You know what I'm <laughs> so saying? Weird. Yeah. It's so it's weird. weird. It's like, okay, well, cool. Like, all right, well, I guess this with you and I is not gonna flood out of this building yeah. or or this day. Yeah. And to and, me, I, I think that's where like most other quote unquote, you know, small groups or whatever, yeah. and I'm saying culturally, like, you yeah. know, whether you're, you know, gym or whatever, like whatever hobby or work, like it seems like that it's more commonplace culturally where that's accepted. Like, oh, you want to spend time outside of yeah pushing weights? Okay, cool. Let's do that. But I know? think so. I, I can I'll affirm right. I think that it can be the normal disposition of a large of a large body. But I think it's also possible that individuals have imbibed that culture and and refuse to operate according to the commands of scripture instead mm-hmm. are operating according to the traditions that they have been involved in. Mm-hmm. And that I think is just as problematic because if we refuse Are y'all not saying the same thing? No, no, no. He's saying that he's saying that you don't build relationships outside these walls. Right. Right. And I'm saying that I think it's a mutual thing. So I'm saying so for him, his disposition could have gone from fine then, I don't have to obey these things. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. He could have imbibed it. And I think that that is normative. I think mm-hmm. normatively what happens is you imbibe the culture that you're in. So you begin to say, okay, this isn't the place where I actually am to plant my life and build relationships and mm-hmm. develop. And, and so naturally what that does in the individual who imbibes it is it closes them yeah. and it closes them from all. Or forms. to be charitable to this individual is like, that was just too much. No, that's fair. But that I'm, was a step too far. Right, you I'm know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But yeah. I'm saying, that it closes you in regard to authenticity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm getting after. Like part of this, and we've we've spoken about this a number of times, a large portion of this is the ability to be authentic. The closer you are to me, the more difficult it is for me to keep up my holy charade. (laughs) You know, a couple of years ago, like, you know, with my family at my parents' house, I just said an open, honest, uh, just ask for their forgiveness. Yeah, I, I, this this while you were here, right? This, I remember yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and just said, look, this, I yeah. realize like historically we have been hard to love. Yeah, but it doesn't negate that y'all did it and yeah. that we did it, and that we're all here in this room together as a family. Yeah, because it all has value. Yeah, and so I yeah. just want to let you know. I just want to admit to you, like I know the past has been difficult. Yeah, but I'm thankful for all of y'all yeah. in here for loving me in close quarters when it's, and I think that translates into the church body. Yeah. You know, that's what we just want to, I think often we try to avoid. Yeah. I don't want to build these relationships because what you're saying, Lawson, is the closer yeah. I get to you, like hey, you're, you're, you're going to realize I'm me. a sinner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and vice versa. Yeah. And it's like, if you're, like, and when I say holy charade, I'm like, I don't, I, let me be honest with you, I don't want to pretend anywhere in my life. 
Right. I, I don't want to pretend here. I don't want to pretend at home. I don't want to pretend while I'm driving in my truck down the road by myself. I don't want to pretend ever. I, I want to be authentic. I want to be who I am. I, it's okay for you to know that I'm a human being, that I sin, that I have fallen short of the glory of God as well, and that I'm still in progress growing in grace, right? Yeah, that's one of, actually one of the biggest things that's encouraged me. Not one of the biggest, but one of. That's been real helpful is like to me to work at being intentional and authentic mm. and being and seeing it, you know, that, that Lawson does open, and you, Blake, as well, like open your life up to say, like this is this is who I this is who I you know what I'm saying this is who I am yeah take it or leave it you know but we're all <laughs> take it, take it leave it, yeah. <laughs> you know not saying like we're you know winking at sin or anything not but, at all, you know what I'm saying but, not at all but I mean like w- but it's we, not but it's not an experience that I've been around either one of you to say like I was we were sitting on the front row and Joel's mom was here sweet Nan Nan uh, gives great hugs she, yeah she was here. And I was messing with Lawson as he sat on the front row getting ready to preach, and Joel was sitting behind him, and I was like, there, there's the, you know, like pointing over Lawson's head, like, there's the preacher. That's that, the guy. That's him. He's I know one. him. And he and Joel was like pointing at himself, I know him too. <laughs> I said, you know him? I'm friends with him. He goes, I'm friends with him too. And it's like that whole charade around, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's, that's, yeah, to like know someone. I don't know. It's healthy in that regard where it you're is. not walled off, you yeah. know. And that's what permits you from or that's yeah that's what gives you the ability to actually be able to serve one another mm. is a closeness to even like to reach back a little bit you know Blake made the point like if if no one knows your need that nobody can meet it mm. and you know going back to that concept of like the blood supplies everything that the hand and the foot and the head and and, and the mouth need right and so, you know, that being the case there's there's a commonality in the body of an awareness right when my hand hurts my whole body takes recognition. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's a natural connectedness there that teaches me that. Well, there, there is a connectedness inside of the local church, but, but it is necessary for it to be vocal to some degree Mm -hmm. because, because I, I don't have the same, like the same nervous system that's communicating Mm -hmm. that so that I can Mm -hmm. help this one area. Mm -hmm. Instead, the nervous system is essentially communicate the word. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've got, like, I've got to know that you are in need. And so, you know, as we work that out, I just think that there needs to be, again, there needs to be the authenticity that permits you to actually be a part of the local church. And I just want to say this really quickly. You can be a covenant member of a church, meaning that you have signed the line and not participating in this. Mm-hmm. This is painful to say. I, I'm, I, I, was having a, I was having lunch with, a, with another pastor today, and as we were talking about this, it pains us that there are people who are a part of the local church that don't want to participate in this. Mm-hmm. And just know, like, as you're refusing to participate in this, you're a severed limb hanging out in the corner and you're going to wither away. Mm. You're like, hurting yourself and the rest of the you're body. You're hurting everybody attached to you. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a danger that people need to take. But, but, you know, at a certain point, the severed limb is like, get away from me, the rest of the body. And I think mm-hmm. that that's really what we see. It's like we're reaching out to you with, like, life-giving sustenance, and you're saying, I'd rather just sit over here and wither. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you're a member, be a member. Mm. Like, invest time and energy. I understand you have other communities. They're not as important. Let me just mm-hmm. say that. They're not as important. Um, because those communities, I don't care if it's baseball, if it's soccer, if it's video games, I don't care what it is. If you're not a vital member of the local church where, where this is where you're building your life, then expect to be malnourished. Mm. Mm. Expect to be malnourished. Also expect to not love the rest of the body. 
So in conclusion, I have a Bible verse. Matthew 26, 41 says, and maybe a couple more verses. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the internal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough for the time spent today. Blake? Yeah? We need this. We need it with this Memphis, Mississippi energy. Okay. Ready? I got two words and three initials for you. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Lawson Harlow. What? Lawson Harlow. What? JLH. Yeah. JLH. Yeah. My brothers and my friends. Godspeed. What is that? <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> you are weird. He doesn't know about fun. No one told him. Also, another thing, head coverings are coming back. Yeah, yeah. But here's the deal: there are two types of like women. veils. Uh, yeah, like like First Corinthians eleven yeah. head coverings. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I've noticed is there's two types. There's head coverings like I'm staying at I'm I'm stay at home mom strict in that like I'm I'm I am I am the queen of of homemaking. That, that type of head covering type. And then there is, I am a straight up feminist and I wear a head covering to show that I'm not a feminist. What? Yeah. Damn, no, what does no. that even mean? It means like everything you say is feminist in nature and yet you wear a head covering almost as if our head, your head covering is there so that we can recognize you as orthodox. <clears throat> but you're not. Because you're a feminist. None of this can make it, by the way. No, that part can't. But it's real. It's confusing. <laughs>